This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. edition of Dice Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Thera One CBD, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. We are another week into August, creeping toward September, creeping toward the regular season, and tonight I am joined by my lovely co-host, Dan Senio. How's it going, Dan? Well, I'm happy to be here yet again. I, I think I'm reclaiming my actual co-host spot rather than guest host, I think, at this rate. Um, yeah, it, it's good to be back. It's been it, it's been a little more consistent. And two weeks in a row now, I'm, I'm excited more about our guests than actually being here. So this is uh, – I'm all about it. Well, you are my current co-host. But if I'm being honest, the uh, – the OG, nothing quite like your OG, your first, nothing like your first time. And my first co-host is on online with us tonight. It is Russell J. Clay. How's it going, Russell? Good, great. And uh, I like how you, you added the word creeping uh, into the <laughs> intro because that would be this great description of, of what I'm doing, you know. What are you creeping into? <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait. <laughs> No, I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, happy to be here. Happy to hang with my my dudes, Dan and uh, Nathan, and uh, let's get it moving. All righty, let's get into the show this evening. So we have covered, we've gone from coast to coast. We've gone the East Coast. We've gone the West Coast. Now we're going to go to the North Coast. Wait, that's not a thing. My coast, the Canadian yes. coast. Yes, there you go. The, the Canadian panhandle, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> and so... We're doing the NFC North and AFC North tonight, and our FFPC stat attack focuses on a team in the NFC North. What team is that, Dan? That would be the Minnesota Vikings, and this week's stat attack is all about Adam Thielen. In 2019, he had only 48 targets in 10 games. That is after a 2017 and 2018 where he amassed 295 total targets. So... Maybe that 2017-2018 Vikings offense is is gone. This Kirk Cousins offense is going to be run first, run second, run third, and check down, check down, check down. That is our FFP stat attack, and make sure to support our friends of the FFPC by getting involved with Redraft, 
dynasty, best ball, low stakes, mid stakes, high stakes, everything you want from a fantasy, fantasy provider, the FPC has it. Make sure to get involved. Whether you want to get in a redraft league, a best ball league, a dynasty league, they got everything you need. They're always a great supporter of Rotoviz, so make sure you support them. FFPC.com. Get your fantasy football league on. All right. Let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. So we have an FPC attack on Thielen possibly regressing. And I, I will, you know, to address the stat attack, I do think that we talk, we often talk about that when players play injured, it can end up hurting their bottom line of the, the games they played. So I would imagine that 4.8 targets per game is not likely, especially with Stephon Diggs out. But it does show that there is an opportunity with Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, and to a lesser extent, Kyle Rudolph. So, Russell Clay, uh, what are your thoughts on on Thielen's regression? Do you think that it opens the door for Jefferson, or do you think he comes back to his 2017-2018 form? I think Adam Thielen is a guy that has made me miserable for many years now, as he was an undrafted free agent and became a very good player, and I hate that so much. But... I do have to give him credit. Obviously a very talented player. I don't hold last year against him fully. Um, You know, is kind of getting up there in age and obviously has been banged up. Not not great signs, you know, trending towards the future for him, if I'm being honest. You know, kind of could be heading towards that Doug Baldwin-ish, like UDFA, older age system. So I, I don't mind him, but I... I also don't think he's really a featured guy anymore. Um, maybe in the one one ten to one thirty target range, but I'm looking at these young guys to kind of emerge this year. In his defense, a little bit since you mentioned him getting up there in age, he really does only have about three and a half seasons under his belt. He is 29, will be 30, um, but doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires, or it doesn't have a lot of tread burnt off of the tires, I should say. Kind of a little bit Aaron Rodgersy in that fashion, where he didn't really get started for a few years. And I mean, he was a 24-year-old rookie on a practice squad, so um, I, I think that that kind of plays a little bit into it. I, I, I'm a little bit more cautious of Thielen now than I have ever been. I don't think that Minnesota offense is going to be really lucrative in the passing game. I think they're going to spread it out more now that they have. I feel like more weapons. You're probably going to see a lot more two tight end sets. You're going to see more Dalvin Cook than I think we've anticipated. You're probably going to see more Alexander Madison than I think we've seen. And they do bring in Justin Jefferson, who is going to be the guy for the future and to work with Adam Thielen. So, I mean, they've got the bodies, but there's, there's just not a ton, a ton of upside in this offense. Uh, It's going to really, it's kind of going to require Kirk Cousins to be more, like Russell Wilson and be really efficient on fewer pass attempts with what they've got. I mean, they can do it because they do have talent, but it's, um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think we, we're going to see a big step up from Irv this season. Looking back at the numbers, I would have assumed Kyle Rudolph had twice as many targets as Irv Smith. Kyle Rudolph had one more target than Irv Smith. Kyle Rudolph had 48 targets. Irv Smith had 47 that to me is absurd. I think we see something like 80-ish targets from Irv Smith this year, and that might be a little light, to be completely honest. I think they're ready to to just, I mean, give him the keys and and go. So this, I, I think Irv Smith has been a buy. He'll continue to be a buy. 
until he sees the field again. And, and once it happens, we're going to see him fly up the tight end rankings. The, the thing for me with that is that you're basically saying by get him getting 80 targets that he's going to get Kyle Rudolph's targets and his targets. And I don't necessarily see that being the case. And I just don't see the Viking. Like I think the Vikings offense in an ideal world could produce one tight end one. But when you have two tight ends that are going to split work and split usage, I don't see, you know, any sort of, you know, super relevancy there. I, th- I think that both guys are going to end up being tight end twos, uh, you know, maybe a, a higher end tight end two for Irv and a lower end tight end two for Rudolph. I don't think you, these are either guys that you're going to be wanting putting in your lineup in 2020. I, I think that this is where the the extension of Kyle Rudolph last offseason is like, really? They just spent a second round pick on Irv Smith and then they re-signed Kyle Rudolph. It's like, why did they do that? And I think that's just going to end up hurting Irv Smith's production in the short term. Um, and maybe they end up getting out from under the contract in 2021. But I don't really see Irv Smith as a guy I'm putting in my lineup until Rudolph is gone and or injured. I, I'm i curious. I, I feel like he's going to be a slow burn and build. Like he's going to double his targets from last year and kind of do that Austin Hooper year two, year three, year, and then finally break out in maybe year three or year four. But yeah, I it's going to be a tight squeeze for targets this year. One injury though, and I think I think Thielen, Smith, you know, and Jefferson all have an opportunity. They just I, I don't see it happening without an injury. Oh sure, I, and I think I think Justin Jefferson's going to have the short end of the stick in the short term. To be completely honest, I think it's going to be an offense that again features the running game, then Adam Thielen, and probably the tight ends. I think they're slowly transitioning Kyle Rudolph to being an extra offensive lineman. I mean, that's kind of what it's been over the last few years. When he's been healthy, he's either been a target monster or he's been a blocker. And last year, he was a blocker. Um, Stefan Diggs vacates like 90-some-odd targets. Obviously, Thielen only played 10 games. Uh, I, I just feel like they're I feel like they're going to showcase him faster than we're probably expecting. Um Irv, for me, was a complete tight end coming out, and I'm one of the better pass catchers, one of the better athletes. And, you know, I, I think they've seen that and everything I've seen, at least in, like, the local stuff from, you know, it, it's coach speak and whatnot, but they're they're ready to cut him loose. So mm. it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we're not going to see, what, maybe 500 attempts out of Kirk Cousins, and, and that's – there's there's not there's not a lot of room there like you guys said so it's going to be interesting we're going to see a lot of running back production I think I think Alexander Madison might even have some decent like RB like four ish upside and overall fantasy he might be startable at some point if they start really hammering the running game and, and where you've got Dalvin getting like 18 carries and Alexander Madison getting like 12 so it, it's going to be a weird offense I think. I'll close out the Vikings with this. With Justin Jefferson, I like him long-term as a prospect, but even more so than Irv, I, I don't see 2020 happening without an injury. I, I think that his his floor is extremely low. It's basically not being a fantasy asset at all. And the ceiling is like a wide receiver three. Like It's not like the wide receiver two on a run-heavy offense is going to be a productive position. And I think that people are saying like he's going to outscore Jalen Rager or Henry Ruggs or even C.D. Lamb. I don't see that happening in 2020. Now let's go on to the Green Bay Packers. And this is a player that if you follow Russell J. Clay, he uh, recently moved up his rankings. A.J. Dillon. Uh, Russell, you talked about how you weren't as high on him during the draft, or maybe even during the draft process, immediately after the draft. But now you're kind of seeing the light on A.J. Dillon. What are your thoughts on him? 
Yeah, I guess I, I always had a sticking point whenever he was compared to Derrick Henry, where it was like, I don't quite see that quality of player. Um, but then, you know, that combine happened where he just blew away everything. And then he went in the second round. And I hadn't quite adjusted when I did my first set of rookie rankings. And now he's settling into that. Man, if you can get him... I'm guessing after the the thigh pictures that have circled uh, the, <laughs> the Twitter, Twitter streets, you're probably not getting him in the mid to late second round of a rookie draft anymore. But he was going there. I mean, I think I think Nathan, you grabbed him in one of our rookie drafts, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen him go there in in other leagues as well. So you know, mid to late second round of of yeah. super flex drafts looks like a huge huge price increase already. For him, yeah, so. d- during during May to June, he was going basically like the two oh nine to two twelve, and not any earlier. Like if you saw him any earlier, it'd be like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Right, and and you look at the Keyshawn Vaughn who who his stock took off after he was drafted in the third round, and I actually initially had him in front of Dylan, and then I just think about it more. You look at the profile more, and you're like, "Wow." You know, I I guess 2020 isn't quite there, so maybe that's what was holding me back. But um, Dylan is absolutely has a very high ceiling, I think, even without, you know, an elite receiving profile. Yeah, I think I think the receiving profile is really all that you can hold against him. Um, And maybe we don't see Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is an alien. He's he's a different breed for sure. I, I think maybe we throw it a little further back and say, we see Steven Jackson. I feel like that's probably something more along the lines of what AJ Dillon could be. Now that's a lofty expectation, but I feel like that's the more the type of player he is hard nosed downhill runner, but can make guys miss here and there too. But for the most part, he's going to be running through them. He's not going to run around them. He's running through them. I think the combination of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is a formidable backfield. Uh, I thought Jamal Williams was going to be that guy because I liked Jamal Williams, not as much as I like AJ Dillon, but you don't spend a second round pick on AJ Dillon if you don't plan on using him. And we don't really know what the Packers are doing. LaFleur and Rodgers have had what seems like a feud. They go and draft Jordan Love. I, I don't know what to do here. It's it's definitely strange. I, I think I think the only thing you really can do, especially with the lack of pass catchers, is to run the football a little bit more. Try to get a little more life out of Aaron Rodgers extend his career a little longer, whether it's with Green Bay or it's somewhere else, who knows? I feel like the ceiling for A.J. Dillon is is pretty lofty. I, I feel like yeah. the floor is mediocre at the moment, but I guess we'll see what kind of workload they share between between uh, A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. One One common theme for me on this podcast over the last several months have been Fading the 2021 free agent, I mean free agency running back class, and while doing that, I'm also buying their backups or the guys who look to possibly take on that role in 2021, and that's AJ Dillon. And just in the 2021 free agent class, there's a lot of great running backs in that class, so there's a possibility they let Aaron Jones walk and just sign a different one. But on the off chance that they let Jones walk and don't sign anybody, Dylan's going to be given the keys to a backfield that's either Aaron Rodgers led or Jordan Love. And I like Jordan Love a lot. So uh, obviously it's more likely to be Rodgers for a year in 2021. But still, I think the Packers are a good offense no matter what over the next several years. And I think Dylan's in position to be a nice running back in that situation where Aaron Jones walks. 
Absolutely. I I look at this and say, I, okay, and you're talking about that 20, the the rookie or the basically the free agent class from next year. Yeah. Um, I'm a man who is stuck with a lot of Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley right now, and it is brutal. There was no sell high window. Like it was just gone. And I, I wonder if that's going to happen. You know, uh, Todd Gurley was coming off an RB1 overall season and nobody wanted him. Like literally <laughs> you could not trade him. I mean, obviously the knee stuff was something, but it was pretty similar with Melvin. And I, I have to imagine like other than McCaffrey, that kind of same trajectory is going to happen with, with these guys as well. It's always, especially with running back, you need to sell a year too early rather than yeah. a, year, a year late. You're screwed. Aaron Jones sell window was closed like midway through last season. If you didn't sell then, right. you're never going to, you're never going to get any sort of real value from him. All right, let's go on to Chicago. And it was, it was tough trying to find uh, the storyline for Chicago <laughs> in dynasty. Um, so I'm just going to go with, you know, a, a sleeper in a way. And it's Anthony Miller. He had a breakout of sorts in uh, year two for him, I believe. And there's also, talking about free agency, there's a chance that Allen Robinson walks in free agency in 2021. Now, I, I, I highly doubt that Chicago Bears answer 2021 as Anthony Miller as a wide receiver one. But I will say there's opportunity this year and there's possibly extended opportunity in 2021. So what are your thoughts on Miller's 2020, 2019 season and how it relates to this year, Russell? Yeah, so Anthony Miller is what I'm kind of hoping for for Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson right now, which is that, you know, the offense doesn't really provide for them. But now you watch Anthony Miller's dynasty value and he hasn't really provided fantasy value in his first two years. So he's dropping in dynasty and he's a he's a guy, you know, he's not quite as cheap as where I'd love I'm definitely buying him in the range that he's at right now. And, you know, if, if this year it doesn't look like he's going to have a great situation again, I'm going to, you know, I'm seeing a potential another buy window mid to late this year, especially around that trade deadline. If he, if a contender has Anthony Miller and he's getting, you know, eight PPR points a game, like I'm going to try to snag him. So um, another guy that I'm I'm trying to buy, you know, if I can, one of those high pedigree guys. Yeah, that's a weird one for me because I mean he's going to be 26 in like a month, and oh, that's not great. Just, <laughs> that's not great. I mean he's he's stuck on a bad team for at least two more years. We don't know what they're going to have at quarterback. Maybe they luck out and they get one of the big boys in this in the 2021 class. Maybe they somehow end up with Trevor Lawrence or they somehow ended up with Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, that's that's really hard to hang your hat on for expectations. And yes, we've seen guys perform for, with fantasy value like Allen Robinson with Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles. But those seasons, there are not that many of them where it's like, oh, this guy can do it too. I don't think Anthony Miller is Allen Robinson. I, I don't see that. Allen Robinson has proven time and time again he can he can perform with absolute garbage under center. So Anthony Miller's fine. Like Russell, I don't love where he's really being valued. I wish he was much cheaper considering what he's put up. I guess 2019 maybe, you know, created a little bit of light for what could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably overstated a breakout. He had two good games. He had, <laughs> yeah. he had week, Essentially. 12, week 12 had nine catches for 140. Pretty good. 
and week 14, nine catches for 118 and a touch. So he had two good games. Um, so, you know, breakout might have been overstating a little bit, but he at least showed something, which he did not do in previous in the previous season. So, well, and he had 85 targets. I mean, they attempted to use him. So, yeah, 85 targets from Trubisky is like... <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> right. I, I don't even know how to quantify that. That's, But, you know, if he was younger and not a... You know, not probably a career NFL wide receiver two in offense. Maybe I see the upside. I just I don't think he's ever a one, and I don't love him in Chicago. All right, I don't think anybody loves anything in Chicago right now, other than Allen Robinson. Pizza. I could go for some pizza. Mm. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, next, let's move to Detroit, uh, Rock City. I always forget what the what Detroit's called. Um, right. <laughs> we have the running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson. Uh, obviously, Carrion Johnson. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Swift drafted the top of the second round. Uh, many people thought he would go above Ceh. He did not. Did he go above Taylor? No, he, he went after. I think he went Taylor then Swift. Um, anyways, DeAndre Swift. I love his talent, um, but I also think that Carrion. Weirdly, I, I I like his price of free right now. I don't think he's the worst mm. buy in the world for the price of free. I do think Swift ends up taking the backfield and, you know, taking it all to himself. But that doesn't mean Carrion Johnson's career is over. Yeah, I I dig Carrion just because you mentioned it's free. And, like, chances he's just an injury-prone guy that can never really handle more than 15 touches a game seems fairly likely at this point. But, you know, he's got handcuff value. He does have 20-20 value if anything happens to Swift. But, yeah, I mean... I'm warming up to Swift a little bit. I was a little lower on him with his year one situation, but uh, yeah, I think Stafford's going to like him quite a bit as a receiving down guy. I mean, unless they draft Barry Sanders' kid, I just don't think the Detroit Lions are ever going to have a usable. Dan, every time. Such a bad take. Go back and look at the numbers. Prove me wrong. Find one. They've never had Kerryon Johnson. They've never had DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Okay. Like... It's it just seems inevitable that no matter what we get, Jobbit has Jobbit has breaks our hearts. Carry on Johnson oh. dies, whatever it is. You know they they spent two top forty three picks in three years on running backs, and you can't convince me that they're going to use either one of them properly. I think uh, Carry on Johnson's a fine player. He hasn't really shown up because he's been mostly hurt. What's to say DeAndre Swift doesn't do the exact same damn thing? Our RIP job at best. I mean that. Dude, I know every time it hurts so much. I, you know, I listened to a Calvin Johnson interview a few years ago, and he was talking about how one time a free agent came from a different organization, and he, and he said he was like mid career, and he just goes, uh, "Hey guys, why do you do this stuff here? Like, why don't you have all this stuff?" And Calvin was just like, "What?" Are you like, and he was just naming all the stuff other organizations do to take care of their players. And he, and he's like, yeah, we had none of that in Detroit. So like, obviously that's Detroit. Cal- 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 like, what's a cold tub? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what's it? You guys have meal planners? Like there's a, Hey, there's a reason they call it the toilet. All right. Well, while Calvin Johnson had his cold tub, you need yourself some TheraOne CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. 
so all of you can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurzland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you, and every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion on your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oils to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, that is, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com forward slash blue wire, but only until Labor Day. Again, go right now to theragun.com slash blue wire. All righty. So let's move to the AFC North and we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, go by Juju Smith-Schuster before he breaks out again. But that's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, let's talk about their wide receiver two and three we have Deontay Johnson, who was the dynasty and redraft darling for much of July and for some reason has cooled down a little bit. And we have James Washington, who has been mostly a disappointment so far in his career, but I don't think he's done. Uh, what say you, Russell Clay? Yeah, I was I was a huge James Washington guy coming into the NFL. Um, obviously hasn't hit the early markers I'm looking for, <laughs> um, but... Weird situation the last couple of years. And again, I'm not overly optimistic about either of these guys, but I, I I do find it's a nice buy window for Washington. I have seen his name heat up a little bit over the last couple months, but uh, early off season 2020, you know, he was already on most of my rosters, but I was looking at him drop like a rock in, in startup drafts. So he's a guy I'm still buying, you know, if he's going in that, round 14 15 of a startup or something i'd definitely suggest grabbing him there johnson didn't have any in the rookie drafts not gonna have any now and i'm just riding this one out on the sidelines so all the power to him uh, i'm out on that though <laughs> i mean deontay johnson and james washington had like 170 combined targets last year from something called suck hodges and mason rudolph <laughs> so bringing big ben back and knowing that this offense is going to be probably closer to what it was sans Antonio Brown sans Le'Veon Bell. And I, you know, the defense is still going to be solid, but this is going to be a team that passes a lot more than what we saw last year. These guys both can have relevancy in my opinion. Yes. Juju isn't going to have only 70 targets again in however many games he played, but there's going to be a lot more to go around because they're not really using those backs in the passing game the way that they used to. James Conner's probably still going to get something. One of the other backs is going to have to step up into some form of role, whether it's Jalen Samuels or Benny Snell or whoever they drafted. 
And I think we can really see something out of both Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Obviously, Deontay Johnson, I don't think people realize he had like 95 targets or 92 targets. I know people talk about him, you know, kind of his kind of coming out party last year, but I don't think they realize that 92 targets is actually kind of a lot, especially for a rookie. That's that's impressive. And James Washington's only 24. So I feel like both of these guys can be something. Yeah, that was actually my point that like some people were like, oh, his like usage is going to go up. Like, I would be surprised to see 100 targets from Deontay Johnson in 2020. The difference is that 92 targets from Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges is like 40 targets from Big Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so um, I, I, I do think that Johnson's a little bit overvalued because we're expecting expecting more you know targets i don't think we're going to see more targets what an interesting like tidbit which i know yards per catch can be a bit of a you know basic stat but yards per catch james washington in 2019 16.7 yards per catch in 2019 for uh, james, uh deontay johnson 11.5 so james washington had five more yards per catch than than johnson so we'll, we'll see how it goes with uh year three for uh, washington year two for johnson and then hopefully a, a full year of a healthy big ben because if ben gets health uh, gets gets hurt again then i don't want either of these guys in my lineup I, I have a question for you guys. What did what did you react when you saw Chase Claypool in the second round? Like, did you think, oh, that doesn't really affect my opinion of these guys, or was it like, ah, oh, crap, like James no. Washington's done? No, I, in my general view of when something like that happens, it's like, okay, some someone we, who we like isn't as good as we think. And I think it's both Johnson and Washington. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that Claypool is more of a long-term play. Like, I, I think that he, I mean, he has to, like, be a wide receiver first, and I'm not sure he's even that. So <laughs> I, I, I think that he's a 2020. I mean, I like Claypool because, you know, team draft capital, day two wide receiver that's not being valued very highly. But he, he's not a 2020, a 2020 play for me. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say something you're not going to like, <clears throat> which, I mean, it happens pretty often. But... I don't think Claypool has anything to do with Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Mm. I think they don't want to pay Juju because he's going to be due for a contract oh. here and they're, they're strapped. They don't have a lot of money to, to, I, I think, I think they run Juju into the earth's crust and Ben retires. And this just is a start over, and you've got three pretty decent pieces. That, that's as a gross players. start over. If your start over is James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and James but if Michael, you don't, if you don't, if you don't have to pay a wide receiver that you're probably not going to be able to use in his prime, like Juju, you avoid that. Your defense stays strong enough, and you can continue to pay those guys. You keep your offensive line for whatever rookie quarterback you have to bring in, and you have decent enough pieces around. Whether you bring in a new running back to replace James Conner, whatever it is. I I think I think Juju might be gone. I I, I hate saying that, but uh, I mean I don't know that they're gonna pay him, man. I kind of like the swerve here um, because when you look at Washington and Johnson, neither of them are really like Claypool at all. I mean, I guess you could make Claypool a deep threat, but I kind of saw him as more of an intermediate guy, which is Juju's role. But big slot. I, yep. I don't know. It it blowed it blew me away when they picked him in the second round, but I guess we'll find out. 
All right, let's move on to Cleveland. Uh, we have the running backs. Uh, they are the story in Cleveland. Obviously, we have, you know, Odell's going to break out. We already know that's going to re-break out, whatever it is. We don't, we don't need to talk about what that. Year, what year is it? <laughs> um, but <laughs> let's talk about the running backs. Uh, Ch- Nick Chubb going in the first round of, of redraft leagues. I think going near the first round of, of nice startup leagues. Kareem Hunt, perpetually undervalued, but also, like, when is he going to get a role where he's not being undervalued? So, yeah, I mean, my take on, here on these guys is that Chubb's good. Chubb's the, one of the better running backs in the NFL, but I, I don't see him reaching that potential with Kareem Hunt in the same backfield. Nathan, you, I believe you posted something the other day about, um, especially for rebuilding teams, you really don't want those top three round guys in ADP. And you, yeah, yeah, you no, are, that, that, was, that was on, uh, what's the podcast? Um, uh, open bar on open on open bar on the open bar podcast. Yeah. Um. Someone asked the question of like, what do you do with uh, Chris Goblin in a rebuild? And I'm like, you sell any top three dynasty startup asset, dynasty, top three round dynasty startup assets when you rebuild, because that's how you rebuild is by you know stacking pieces on top of each other, not by having one singular piece. Yeah. So I I kind of have that vibe with Chubb. Like I like Chubb a lot, and I think you know if you have a contender for this year, he's a great, uh, you know, piece to have. But he, I'm just I'm a scorned lover of Todd Gurley, and I just these these high end running backs is just so hard to either you're gonna hold him and hold him till the end of his career, or now's the time to get the value in a trade, and I. I traded my 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 only share this offseason, and I was like, it didn't feel good. It felt awful, actually, but um, it, my team wasn't quite good enough. And I mean, that's kind of how I'm feeling about. I don't, and I'm not on the hunt train, so um, I'm really uh, the, only the focused will, on Chubb. I will counter is that if there's going to be a time to to sell Hunt, isn't it the day that Kareem walks? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. I think you're right on the nose here, Russell, with with the as as I said earlier, the year too early move with running backs. I think I think if you're gonna move Chubb while he still has that that mid late first round valuation and maybe early second, depending on the league structure and whatnot, I think now's probably the time to do it. Uh, Cleveland to me is gonna be looking more to get to have Kareem Hunt involved at least for 2020. I think we're going to see Nick Chubb still in that 300-touch realm between in carries and, and receptions, but I think we might see Kareem Hunt creep into that 150 range. And if that happens, his price is going to go through the roof. I, I still think it's going to be Jarvis Landry and Odell all day, every day. Obviously, they go out and get a tight end. Don't love that. But I think they're just doing anything they can to come up with eight-plus wins at this point. So stacking as much talent as they possibly can is more than likely going to lead to all of these guys not touching the ball as much as we want them to. Yeah. Um, uh, as much as I love Nick Chubb. Right? It, right? It's, it's, it's so weird. hard to find that big-time upside. I, what are you, what I, are you, I, what are you I, looking I, for? I, 250 I, carries and 25 catches? I mean, that's his up. That's literally his upside right now. I, I will say, if one of them gets hurt, the, the other one is, an sure. RB, is like the RB1. Yeah, the RB1. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to the Bengals. Uh, they have lots of wide receivers. They have more wide receivers than the Bears have tight ends. Um, <laughs> we have A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, John Ross, and I think there's a couple I'm missing. But lots of, of talent at the wide receiver position in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow at the helm. Is is there one of these guys that you're buying, one of them that you're selling? Is there What, what's, what sticks out from a nice perspective in your mind, Russell, on, on these wide receivers? I just look at Boyd and say, hey, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and I'm in. And I already was in before that, and I got him for for cheap in a few leagues. But, um, you know, he's not glamorous. He does have that Jarvis Landry feel where he's not – he doesn't have that athleticism to blow you away. But PPR-wise, with Burrow, I think think there's huge upside there. The rest I don't really know about. I mean, I never thought T. Higgins was a big year one guy. Um, I do like him long-term with Burrow, but he never seemed like a year one guy comes up with that hamstring injury today. So you don't know what's going on there. Uh, John Ross, who knows how many weeks he can play, you know, so that's an issue. AJ Green already out. So it's a weird, weird time. uh, But Boyd's really the, the one comforting piece I see there for receiving options. So... (laughs) Uh, Boyd to me is very much Adam Thielen. He never gets the recognition. He never gets the value, puts up a couple really strong seasons, but there, it lacks the wow factor. You're never going to get anything for him in a Mm -hmm. trade. He's really nice to be able to draft super late, assuming you don't get sniped, which inevitably happens. And I get the Jarvis Landry bit, but Landry still carries some name value. Tyler Boyd doesn't carry name value. Adam Thielen doesn't carry name value. A.J. Green still carries name value. Guys are trading, like, relatively high picks for a 37-year-old guy that (laughs) has a body of a 104-year-old. I mean, for for me, this offense is – it's really strange in the wide receiver room. You've got every every level covered. You've got the old guys that can't stay on the field. You've got the young guys that can't stay on the field. You've got high picks. You've got random like mid-round picks. It's strange. The only thing I'm in love with is T. Higgins as a stash, and I'm very comfortable doing that. He wasn't going, I don't think, ever the plan to be a year one guy, which is why you keep right. bringing back A.J. Green, why you still have Tyler Boyd. You hope to get something for the love of God out of John Ross. Um, but T. Higgins, I think, is one of the cleanest stashes uh, in you know in the class, I, I I I was a huge huge fan of him coming into college, and then obviously had some really nice numbers. Justin Ross took a little bit of that thunder away, but he still showed up, and he still you know he he still showed out. So I think Higgins is really if I'm if I have to go today to get one, it's Higgins, and I'm just fine sitting on it because I know that there's there's more potential there than what anything AJ Green has left in the tank and any sort of value that you're going to get out of Tyler Boyd in, in the short term. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I mean, I think that Boyd is still a value where he's being taken and as far as like, you know, a nice win now target that also has some some years left on him. Um, but Higgins is the guy that was probably a little bit undervalued in, in uh, rookie drafts just because I feel like this is what's happening with young wide receivers. People are like, okay, like show it to us first because they've been burned by so many young wide right. receivers. And so I, I do feel like with, with Higgins that now is the time to buy because if he breaks out, then it's you know obviously going to be a lot more expensive. Uh, now 
Let's move on to our friends over at the NFL Sunday Ticket, so you can watch yourself from T. Higgins. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, and you'll never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All righty, let's go to our final team of the night, and it is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you'd say, Nathan, there's lots of nice things to talk about the Ravens. You got Lamar Jackson, you got Mark Andrews, you got Jake. Nope, not talking about any of those people. They stink. We're going to talk about the most <laughs> important pieces. Talk about the important pieces of the Baltimore Ravens offense. The epic battle of their slot wide receivers. Miles Boykin versus Devin DuVernay. I love both of them. I think they're both great values right now. What say you, Russell Clay? Let's go. Cheapies. Cheapies. Does what anyone remember? <laughs> Does anyone remember Cheap Seats on ESPN Classic? Anyway, the Sklar brothers. Oh, Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Back, back to the Ravens. Yeah. I like both these guys. Obviously you love the athleticism from both of them. Kind of late career breakouts, but I don't think we're looking for much production this year, Uh, but they are interesting. End of roster stashes. I mean, Boykin is like free at this point. DuVernay was like a fourth round rookie pick. So um, I'm firing off both these guys and adding them. They can be my 25th, 26th, 27th guy in the roster. And, you know, if injuries happen, you know, not, not out of the question for Marquise Brown over there, uh, then we could be looking at some interesting production. Yeah, see, I, I really like Devin DuVernay. I never really got on the Miles Boykin train. I, I think I was there a little bit. Just there's always something appealing about Notre Dame wide receivers. I don't know. Um, but he kind of was the one-year wonder guy in college, and that one wonder really wasn't a whole lot of anything. He had like 60 catches and less than 900 yards. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a quarterback either. So, I mean, there's definitely some potential for – for Boykin to carve out a role. He's big. He's what, like six, five, six, four, six, five. So I think if anything, you're going to see him more as a red zone type threat where he's essentially coming in and being an extra tight end. We all know how much the Ravens love using their fricking tight ends. I, I think, I think DuVernay legitimately has a chance to be a strong slot wide receiver in the NFL. I, I think everything on his college resume says exactly that. I think he can do just about anything. I keep, I think he can play outside as well, but with the way that Baltimore is built, I think the outside role is almost exclusively Hollywood Browns. I still think they're going to love throwing it to Mark Andrews as many times as they possibly can. And then obviously you got the ground attack that's going to absorb most of the offense. So uh, I, I don't think there's a chance that either that, that both of these guys become something, uh, but I think there's a decent chance that one of them does. And I, I'm putting my eggs in the, in the uh, Devin DuVernay basket. I just think he brings more to what the team likes to do than what Miles Boykin potentially will. 
Yeah, and at the end of the day, these are two day two wide receivers that are essentially free, uh, Boykin more so than DuVernay. But I, they're both going to have an opportunity this year. Willie Sneed is not going to be starting over both these guys by the, <laughs> by the midseason. And they just don't really have anything else other than other than the tight ends there. Um, but yeah, DuVernay, like you said, lots of production that final season. 106 catches, 1386, and nine touchdowns. Um, also, uh, throwback uh, Russell, r- rushing rushing receiver, he had 10 carries uh, in, in his final season. So uh, it, not, he didn't do anything with them. He had 24 uh, rushing yards. But, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but he had 10 carries. Um, uh, All righty. So any, any last thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens before we head out of here? Willie Sneed, Nick Boyle, and Hayden Hurst all had 30 or 31 t- catches last year. Oh. So, I mean, take that to the bank. Oh. <laughs> and Seth Roberts at 21. Oh, <laughs> just vomit. <laughs> Dude, that, after Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, it's just disgusting. On, <laughs> <laughs> looking at these stats. Willie Sneed, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, Justice Hill, whatever a Patrick Ricard is. Wasn't he in Star Trek? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I can't look at this depth chart anymore. Well, Dan can't look at the depth chart, but I can look at our friends over at Bet Online. Sports, they're back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League uh, Baseball, back in action, has been for a while, and there's no better place to start wagering with our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory to see what they had to say it would like to be playing without fans in a series called Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use our, our promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online wagering experts. Now, before we ski-daddle, I want to uh, thank my good friend, at Russell J. Clay. Um, when I get married, both these men will be at my wedding, um, whenever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully soon. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, thanks so much for coming on Russell. Make sure to, uh, tell us where they can find you. Absolutely. It's always fun guys. Uh, yeah, I'm doing stuff over at fantasy guru. Uh, we have some interesting 2020 season long stuff going on podcasts content. I'm, I'm grinding my fingers into the pavement for you guys. So come join us. You know, the people appreciate it. Everybody loves you, Russell. Yes. All righty. Everybody loves Russell. Hopefully they love Dan and Nathan. Oh, if you do love us, make sure to go to rotavis.com, get yourself a subscription, 2020 RV Radio, and leave us a review. Uh, there are still – Dan, I, I meant to bring this up like a month ago. There are still reviews on our app, uh, Apple, whatever it's called, on our review page that complain about my audio. But they're from like two years ago. So my audio has been fine for like the last like year and a half. So well, go mm. – <laughs> my audio has been fine for a year and a half so please leave a nice review saying how great my audio is and actually be sincere this time last time i told people to do that it wasn't sincere this time it can be sincere (laughs) just tell him how much better it would be if his former roommate didn't steal his microphone that myself and some other people bought for him no you no i still have that mic that mic broke (laughs) oh well then the one that worked before it that, that his roommate stole tell him about that one there you go 
Alrighty, that'll wrap us up for tonight, and we'll see you guys next week.